Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Welcome inside Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, which includes USC Trojans head coach Clay Helton. That's coming yeah. up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Who's he the head coach for again? Man, I'm sorry. I got confused. We'll do something to Duke so cold. And why are you talking about our football, man? Leave Coach Cut Clip alone. Hey, hey, it, you're playing. Helton can join us because he doesn't have anything to do. The Pac-12 isn't playing right now. Yeah. At least we're going to yeah. get a little ACC yeah. football. For the next 21 minutes, we're going to go uninterrupted and talk about the biggest story that is transcending basketball at this moment. A reminder, we are coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Last night, Clippers looked like the Clippers that we all expected. You good? Yeah, I'm just you stretching, doing some man. Pilates? Okay. What are we doing? No, doing man, some yoga? I'm just stretching, dog. <laughs> you look tight, man. You might man, have to start stretching I've been sitting in a chair for three hours. You don't got to yell at me. I just say you look tight. You don't need to bring attention to what I'm doing. He's well, over there stretching talking. like a yoga professor right now. <laughs> some hot yoga here with Key. Uh, here's the deal. Doc Rivers last night had plenty to celebrate. Kawhi was great again. They held Luka in check. Paul George showed up to the tune of 35 points in 25 minutes after saying he had dealt with some depression and anxiety. But the real issue, when you use the word anxiety, you can hear it in the tone of Doc Rivers. We're going to play you some of his audio after the game. And just a little bit of context to set it up. Doc's father was a police officer in Maywood, Illinois, which is actually an early stop, guys, on the Underground Railroad. And that's Mm. why a lot of African-Americans have settled in and around that area. And also due to the great migration from the South, people in the 1920s and the 1930s made their way up and they settled in the Maywood area as well. Just to give you a little bit of context, it's a largely African-American community and Doc's father, Grady, worked his way up to lieutenant, a very high-ranking position in any police department, as you know. So I just want you to know that as you hear Doc Rivers talk about the the plight of black people, the way he sees it, vis-a-vis the rest of America seeing black people. Take a listen to this. All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's... It's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And it's just, it's really so sad Like, I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every, to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? It's, it's just ridiculous. And it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody, for everyone. Thank you. When you think about it, it's trite to say they'll try to move on to the second round tomorrow. This was a gigantic win. Many people thought it could have saved the Clippers season. All of that goes on the back burner because on the front burner key is essentially what Doc Rivers said. In five minutes key, we will talk about the possible boycotting between game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Boston Celtics 
and the Toronto Raptors. Scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on ESPN. We'll hear from Fred Van Vliet. We'll hear from Raptors coach Nick Nurse in a very interesting text that Kyle Lowry had with Jay. That's all coming up in five minutes. But first, the issue at hand, your thoughts on Doc's powerful words. I mean, he's speaking the truth. I mean, he's, he's speaking the truth because you have to have those conversations with your kids. You know, I got a son, 20-plus years old you know, driving, walking, whatever the case is, you got to have that conversation. And I've I got white friends, obviously, that I've had these conversations with about why we are treated a certain way here in our own country. Why? And they didn't understand, and they didn't see it, but you got to have those conversations. Absolutely. Because their sons were never treated that way. My buddy Mark Canner never – Never, ever was treated that way. And he didn't really understand it. I started really. Who's Mark? It's just a friend of mine. Oh, just a guy. Just a friend. And and having that conversation with him to get him to really understand how we are being treated. And not just by police officers. Right. Because the police aren't the only ones that are shooting and killing black men and women. There are other people that are doing it and trying to get away with it and Mm -hmm. hiding behind certain things. So let's not make it seem like it's just happening with the police. It's also happening with reg- regular civilians that want to become police officers and doing things. I mean, you can just go on for years and years of the same stuff. You want to have these conversations with your kids so that they understand what they need to do to be safe and not put themselves in bad positions. There's, it's senseless. Like I said to us uh, on the show earlier, if you saw the video and you think, oh, he was doing this. He should listen to the commands or he should he should just stop right there. You know, and you, you hear people saying that and you see people tweeting it and on social media saying those sort of things like you really, truly are lost and don't understand and sick. If you really believe that it's OK to try to gun somebody down in the middle of the streets just because you have a license basically to kill at the end of the day. And this probably, and I was talking to Jay about it, we were just trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do you maybe slow it down and stop police officers from doing things. They need to put a law in, man. I don't know how they do it, but they need to put some type of law in where you lock their ass up and you throw away the key the same way you treat regular criminals that go and have three strikes and the third strike might be because they walked out of a store with a pizza. That's like a Hammurabi eye for eye type situation. You, you, you do this, I, we're doing this to you. That, yes, that, that is instead of, well, you should only give him 10 years and, oh, well, we're going uh, 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 to bring it down to five years and he's going to get off on probation for another three. No, if you do this and you are caught doing this, you're going, we're going to throw the key away. And let's see if that will slow it down. I'm what are the consequences? I'm going to take it to another real place uh, because I've heard people try to use this counter argument about what's happening in the police force and, you know, about having good cops and bad cops. And, and people hit me with, you ready for it, Zubin? Go ahead. You ready for it, Key? You ready for everybody? Well, how about blacks killing blacks? <laughs> That's a good one, too. You know, I got into a heated argument with one of it's my like, close well, how about, friends. How about what's there? happening in Chicago? Yes. 500-plus people killed. Mm-hmm. Every black weekend, on black crime. Right? Well, people I mean, say that. That, that. that takes it back to a way bigger issue about socioeconomic opportunities. 
for people of color and how they've been condensed yes. in these low impoverished areas yes. for a while, right? And that's why you see a lot of athletes that go back to these areas where they're from. You hear Keith talk about South Central, mm-hmm. right? But when you're in these areas, you don't feel like maybe there's a, a way to get out. I'm not condoning it. That's wrong too, right? But that you can't use – that's a whole completely different conversation. Man, conversations. Than the one conversation that we're having here. And you can't use one conversation to combat – Another one, one wrong doesn't make another wrong right. You know what I mean? No, but they, but, but again, it's the defense mechanism. I had a conversation that was very similar, but it was about welfare and how welfare is not supposed to be used to live on for the rest of your life. And you should go get jobs. And, you know, and we were having this conversation in depth. And I was trying to explain to one of my one percent of friends that I have mm-hmm. because he was trying to tell me about welfare. And I had to slow him down. I said, hold on, man. You ain't never in your life had to get a government check. So don't tell me anything about it because my mother had to Mm. because she couldn't get a job. Okay. That was the only source of income at that time. But you're trying to tell me that she could get a job. Well, when she fill out the application, first thing they say is they look at her educational background. Well, why don't you have an extended education? Well, I don't have an extended education because my books in my school didn't allow me to do that. Well, why the books didn't allow? Because y'all was giving the money. We didn't get funding. To the suburbs to educate y'all kids and not our kids. So it was a long conversation. But again, trying to hide behind something instead of actually trying to figure out how to make it right. And also that doc said. You know, he was like, you know, maybe I should just be a coach. I can't tell you how many times people try to keep you in a lane. Think, think about it. It's so natural. Well, he said we, that because he's so frustrated. No, too. I get it. But I'm saying like when you meet people, right, if I were to meet Zubin, yes. one of the first things is natural to ask you, hey, Zubin, nice to meet you. Great. What do you do? Right. Our work defines us. Like I have to put you in some kind of box that it's easier for me to understand who you are if I know what you do. Well, damn, I'm way more than what I do. I've been way more than a basketball player you, my whole damn life. I'm going to give you, you say what you do. Get in the elevator. I don't know how many times it happens to me. Get in the elevator, riding up the elevator with somebody zooming. Who do you play for? Oh, no. I'm, and you know me. I joke a lot. I'm like, no, no, I'm a, a uh, actually, I'm a neurosurgeon, and I'm going to see my lawyer up on the 10th floor. So I get into that. And then, no, you're not. You got to play for somebody. I'm like, you just got to stop. You, but, but the mindset, like Jay say, you must be some sort of celebrity. I can't just be. A normal person. You look at me as either I'm an entertainer or I'm an athlete because I'm black and I have a nice stature and I'm nice size. It, that sort of stuff is that underline, undertone, you know, behavior that they've been taught for so long that that's stuck in their minds now. And it's hard to get people out of that. That's your question. Did you just give yourself a self compliment? You say you have a nice stature. Well, I just come on, man. What you want me to say? I'm a, what you want to say? I'm a big black <laughs> no, dude. No, no, or something? no. I'm like, saying, what? I said that was a nice self pat on the back. You know, I have a nice stature. What? What? What did you want me to say though? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm a big black dude. I can say that. I didn't want to say that. I just wanted to give a different view. I guess point of view with that. I mean, we know the one thing about you. you: you got confidence. So if you got confidence, you I mean, got you got to have confidence in this world because people are constantly trying to knock you down. Yeah. For whatever reasons. It, it, and Jay, you know, he's a bigger social media guy than me, and, and he likes to read the comments, and he, we share them back and forth on some of the things that people say. But mm-hmm. I just, I can't, you know. And, and it's, it, you know, it, 
I get a pit in my stomach a lot when I start talking about these social issues because really, truly, Zubin, I grew up, man, I'm telling you, like I told you, rough. At a time, even when I was 10 years old and had to sleep in a car with my mom. So I understand. Ain't nobody going to give you a damn thing. Got to go get it. You got to go get it. Right. But they always going to try to stop you from going to get it. Right. You know, even when... Even when Norby and, and, and Dave Roberts made the decision. Our two big bosses here. Two big bosses made the decision to launch this show with us. The negative responses that came about, even though I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You can go to that other station because we still going to be here. How do you feel that you guys don't have <laughs> chemistry? You guys haven't worked together. It, I'm like, like, did Mike and Mike work together for a while before but you they came tr- on? Here? They try so hard to put you down. It's, it's like, well, we... We can't do it this way, so we're going to do it that way. Well, guess what, man? You're going up against a brick wall when you're going up against me because I'm not going to fold mm-hmm. under no circumstances and no pressure. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is not going to fold under no circumstances and pressure. Neither is AD, neither is Kawhi, neither are many black athletes that are out there. All we're going to do is keep sending this message until we kick in the wall and you get it. That's why, again, you make sure that you get out there and you vote. Because if you voting, you changing. Believe me, you changing from a local standpoint, a federal standpoint, you're going to make changes. You can't just go check a box. You got to read through it mm-hmm. and make sure that you're making changes. Unless you're trying to vote by mail. But anyway, yes. I don't want to distract. That's you're, another story. Yes. For another, go ahead. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I know. I know. You know what Zubin, I'm saying. You mentioned LeBron. In one minute, I want to ask you maybe one of the most important questions about LeBron since he came into the NBA in 2003. That's in one minute, and I want to get Key's opinion on that. But first, Game 1 is set in the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Raptors and the Celtics, scheduled for 6.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on ESPN. However, the Raptors' Fred Van Vliet, one of the heroes of last year's championship team, essentially said, right now, The team is thinking about boycotting the game because while their hearts are in Florida, their minds are in Wisconsin with what happened over the weekend. And he is calling out on other players, not just the Raptors, to boycott. If we're going to be in the bubble, let's stand up and do something. We knew, you know, coming here or not coming here wasn't going to stop anything. But I think ultimately, ultimately, like, Playing or not playing puts pressure on somebody. So, for example, this happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, if I'm correct. Um, you know, would it be nice if, if in a perfect world we all say we're not playing and, and the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, that's going to trickle down. If he steps up to the plate and puts pressure on, you know, district attorney's office and state's attorneys and governors and politicians there to, to make real change and get some justice. Like, I know it's not that simple, but... At the end of the day, if we're going to sit here and talk about making change, then, you know, at some point we're going to have to put our on the line and, and actually, you know, put something up to lose rather than just money or visibility. That's Van Vliet. His teammate Kyle Lowry was texting with Jay Will this morning saying, quote, anything and everything is on the table for the Raptors. They will be meeting shortly as a team to decide what to do. Here's my LeBron question for you that I promised. If LeBron, with all due respect to George Hill, as we discussed before, Fred Van Vliet, these are all great players speaking their minds, bigger than basketball. But if LeBron James said, you know what? I'm ready to boycott. What happens to the NBA bubble then? It, it changes. It, it just changed. But it doesn't necessarily have to be LeBron. Okay. If the Raptors decide not to play tomorrow night. Collectively. Collectively. Right. 
that's going to put pressure on LeBron. Exactly. And what will happen Explain is— Explain that. I'm going to get there. Okay. <laughs> that's very juicy. What will happen is people will start to look at LeBron to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And if he continues to push through and give you the, well, I'm, I'm going to play, that's their team, they made, I'm doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Now the conversation becomes— Put your money where your mouth is. Look, the Raptors did it. How come you still trying to push through to win a championship to catch Michael Jordan or to pass this guy? And co- you know, that conversation starts unfairly. Mm-hmm. It's unfair, but that conversation certainly will start if the Raptors decide to do it and a LeBron James continues to try and seek a championship. If the Raptors were to boycott, think about this from an aesthetics perspective. A team in Canada is going to be the first team to boycott an American game. The only team in Canada. The only team only in team Canada. Canada. Yeah. Right, but I mean, think about Basketball. that, right? So when to expound upon Key's point, the pressure that that puts on LeBron James isn't just from the media. and, and a, It's know, from our community. It's going to be a backlash from the black community is community. what's going to happen, right? You know, at the same time we had this discussion the other day where people were referencing names when we were having that conversation around Montrezl Harrell, right? Um that same thing will start to occur to a degree for LeBron James because people know that the odds are in the Lakers' favor to win a world championship. And if he were to continue to play, the amount of pressure unfairly that will be Unfair. on him to not play will because, be astronomical. Because we look up to LeBron. I mean, that, that's, that, that is an iconic hero to many of us in our community. Mm-hmm. Because where he came from and exactly. where he is today, his mm-hmm. background, the whole deal. And I promise the, school, everything the, off the, school, the, the message, what him and Maverick have been able to do Maverick is, Carter. Just, is, is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we look to that. So we look for his uh, voice and his guidance to to show us the right way. Um, and so what will happen is if the Raptors make the decision not to play, the next step is going to be what LeBron and the Lakers are going to do, because he's the. Outside of the team, mm-hmm. he's the next biggest thing. Mm-hmm. He right? is the biggest thing. I mean, thing. no, I'm saying yeah, outside no. of a team Agreed. pulling the trigger, okay. he's the next guy in line. Gotcha. Right? And, and, and so it's unfair for people to do that, but the reality is they're going to do it. And here's the reality also. Think about how much money is on the line. Oh. Brian Windhorst reported yeah. that the league paid Disney $150 million right. for the bubble. Right. Think about the money that they put into all the processes and the protocols with COVID and the testing. The money the they branding, lost from China. The money that they lost from China, right, with their Amori and the issues with that. Uh, think about TV rights. Yes. $24 billion over nine years. With two networks. So, with two networks. So there's a lot of money at stake here, and, and those are the things – that you heard Fred allude to. That's what I was about to say. That says the owners, okay, there's so much money at stake. Now what are you going to do when you can't recoup that revenue in the hundreds of millions of dollars range? When pushback starts to happen, people start to move. Because the owners, as much money as they have, they're not trying to give anything back, and they're not trying to lose any money. Not in this case. And they will will apply the pressure to the people to make the change. They just will. And, And, you know... Is but that the way? Kept, is that the way to go? But you have to be. What are you asking for? This is the big thing. Like we have to be. You know, if you if you're going to do this, what are you asking for specifically? You have to set targets, and you have to give them targets to accomplish. Yes. it can't be a generic ask. You have to be very specific 
and what you're asking for. If that's legislation, which I think it is. Certain things. Then you have to ask it. No-knock policy, other things like, you know, harsher penalties for cops that have. You have to ask for these things specifically and then say, go out and get these things done. Yeah. Matt, yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah. I just that, That's what you have to do. You have to have, in not necessarily in writing, but you have to have what it is that you're looking for ready to go. Just talking about it isn't going to get things done the way you need to. Now, to be fair, the NBA has done some things. They've done so much already. And, and have taken a hit in television uh, ratings and things of that nature because they've done a lot in terms of staying with the Black Lives Movement and trying to show where things have been unjust in our country and they've gotten pushed back from people that don't agree. And that's okay. That's fine. But now we had a second wave now. That was the first wave. We had the second wave. This These incidents continue to keep happening. No matter what you did, a dude just got shot seven, eight times in the back. And I want to bring it back full circle here just because he went through a lot. And I'm not saying I'm an advocate of everything that he's said and how he said it sometimes. But I I do ultimately know where his heart is at because I spent time with him. Kyrie Irving was one of the first to talk about this when this whole thing happened. And he was ridiculed initially. He was ridiculed. How can you not play? He was destroyed by everybody. Well, I, I, but but goes to speak I, though. But did he have? He was talking about it. But did he give? I'm, he, not, I'm not saying that. Yeah, he had did, an actionable real, items to do. Yeah, and was it a plan? Sort. And or was it, it just conversation? And ultimately, we said that hey, this league is going to move in a direction. That's the fire alarm going off at ESPN. I don't know whether we should leave the building or whether we just need to stick <laughs> it out and stay. But we're going to finish this I conversation. Think, I think we'll be okay. We'll, we'll be fine, and we just listen to Coach Helton, and we'll be all right. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Coach Thompson, saving my life. Um. For giving me uh, the opportunity, an incident happened in high school. No other teams, no other schools were recruiting me anymore. My mom went to Georgetown and begged him to give me a chance. And he did. So the question is, you may not recognize that voice, but maybe you do. Of course, the answer is Allen Iverson. He was inducted alongside 
John Thompson. He was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame in 2016. He referenced there uh, uh, an incident where his reputation was ruined. He was involved in a huge brawl in a bowling alley, and everyone minus John Thompson essentially scattered. They all just scattered. I cannot be associated with Allen Iverson. This happened in Virginia where Iverson had grown up. But John Thompson stuck by him, and you heard the emotional words when Allen Iverson became a basketball immortal in Springfield, joining his old head coach, John Thompson Jr., has died at the age of 78. It's a pleasure to bring in a guy that had many battles in the old Big East, like us three and some of our listeners, if you're old enough to remember that old Big East, Jim Calhoun, the three-time national head coach of the national championship, UConn Huskies, and the four-time Big East Coach of the Year. He did so much. Thompson did so much. Karnaseka, Beheim, you name it. And he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and he is with us. First things first here, Coach, what would be your reaction uh, if someone asked you, what was John Thompson as a person and as a coach? A force of nature. John Thompson is one of the brightest men I ever met. I first met him trying out for the Celtics down in Camp Millbrook in Marshfield, Mass., they told me I had a room over in room, I think, 16, whatever it was, not important. I went in there, and I saw this enormous figure <laughs> in, in the door. It was my meeting with, first meeting with John. He was with the Solids at the time. And, uh, and uh, from that point on, we became very good friends, and I had incredible respect for John's ability to, to coach, certainly. But John did a lot more than that. John took some of the views which today I'm sure would be uh, – praised for being incredibly courageous and et cetera. John took those long before anybody ever did. John took stance that were very difficult to help others, to help his community, to help his kids. And I've never, ever forgotten that. And as I said, he was a force of nature. I watched him in meetings, uh, articulate, incredibly bright. I mean, you know, when John spoke, everybody listened. He's one of those kind of guys. And it, you know, he, it, it, it is sad in many ways sometimes that he didn't get quite the great credit for what a terrific coach he was. Coach uh, Jay Williams here. How you doing? First off, hey, Jay, man. good Jay. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's it's been a really difficult last uh, last couple of months in general, uh, and I, I've always been taught, you know, you have to be cheerful about the legacy that somebody's left. Do you have any funny, good stories about Coach Thompson that you would like to share, so we can try to have somewhat of a smile today? Well, you know, he he he, he was a really funny guy. So I got to know him, as I said, Jay, an awful lot. I'd always be with him, George Rattling, some of the other guys when the final four, and they, you know, when they always yell, hey, coach, and the thousand guys put their head up, yeah. <laughs> and uh, John was there talking. And I said, John, man, I know you from back in the day when you played with Red and all that kind of stuff. How you, uh, what are you going to mess with all these guys for? You got them scared to death in the Big East. <laughs> I'm sorry, because when John spoke with that big voice of his, you know, in thunderous roar, and obviously incredibly intelligent and articulate, so stop screwing those guys. I got him, Jimmy. <laughs> I got him, Jimmy. And I don't think it, it was so out of, in some ways character of, of John. That, that, you know, but he was a funny, witty guy. He had a great sense of humor. And as I said before, he's a force of nature. But, but, but he's brilliant. And I mean this honestly. I've heard some great speakers in my life, fortune, from Obama to, 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 to Martin Luther King to, to a whole bunch of folks. I'll tell you one thing. When John wanted to make his point, John made his point. He was, as I said, he was just a very, 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 very special guy. And as I said, I don't think all of us, it's, it's hard to recognize it for the, the, you know, his size. 
people were threatened by his size, and I used to laugh and joke about that with him, and and, and by his by his rhetoric, by the fact he was so bright. You couldn't. You, you may not be able to beat him in arm wrestling, but I'll tell you what, you couldn't beat him in an argument either. <laughs> when you look at a coach, uh, John Thompson obviously is known for everything on the court in terms of coaching, but I look at his yep. his tenure off the court and the things that he did for young men's, in particular in African-American communities up and down the East Coast. When you look at that and you look at where basketball and college basketball is today and not as many African-American coaches on the sideline as head guys, what do you think he would be saying right now today? I think he said it from day one when it wasn't popular, as I said once again. You know, today we're in a great age. Thank God that I heard someone say that they're tired of talking about what's going on. No, we got to talk about it. The only way it can get out there is to say that America's greatest sin, slavery, then passed on for almost 400 years. We got to make sure we say something about it. And John was saying about it when it wasn't quote quite as popular. We didn't have many people defending him or understanding what he's trying to say quote about his community, his kids, his school, his team. John was John was a spokesperson. He he walked off the court when he said uh, probably just in 48. I mean John John was a loud voice. And as I said, you never wanted to get into a real argue with him because the man could articulate and he he could he could let his feelings be known. And I, you know, he, he just really was, was something special. And, you know, as we talk about some of the great people that have impacted um, our society and made people aware of, of various things, John Thompson has to be right up there with a lot of the great people. I was fortunate enough a number of years ago to get an honorary degree with John Lewis. And that's one of the great days of my life. John Lewis was not only fascinating, incredible, articulate, but he was taking a train down to Harlem after getting this one in Connecticut. So, you know, I've been, people like that make a difference. And, and John Thompson, in his own way, certainly was a difference maker in America. Coach, speaking of Connecticut, we also lost uh, Cliff Robinson this weekend as well. Um, you know, a, hus- a Husky. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about Cliff? Yeah, Cliff, Cliff's kid who came to me from, from Buffalo, not to me, but to Don Pernell, my, my predecessor. And, uh, you know, he was a, kind of a kid that had a very difficult childhood and uh, just didn't have any, quote, father figure to, to get him going. I was five points a game, and I, I, I called him in, uh, Jay, and <laughs> into the office when I first got there and said, Cliff, two things are going to happen to you. I hope it's the latter, but it could, be, it could be the first thing I'm going to say to you. And that's the first thing. I'm going to put this size 12 up your ass and kick you out of here. You keep behaving like you are. I said, oh, you're going to have a terrific NBA career. Well, he went on and helped us with an NIT, et cetera. He was going to be drafted in the first round. wasn't. He stayed after to talk to all the press, which started to show more of his character. And then pretty soon, he evolved as not only a a player, 18 years in the league, 53rd in in all-time scoring, but but an incredible man. He he did some terrific things to show me the character that he had developed. And I couldn't be proud of him as a player. And, you know, two and a half years ago, I was out to see him when he had a a stroke. Um, And now it it happened again, and uh, unfortunately we lost him. And it's a journey ended way too soon. You know, Cliff Robinson was a, a guy who learned on the fly how to be the kind of person he may be as, as a father, certainly as, as a friend, uh, uh, just a, and a terrific player. By the way, as we, you know, he's a guy that helped allow six foot ten guys to play the three. He got five positions. I mean, he was a special player and developed into a really special man. You did call him over the weekend your first great UConn player, and that says something because there were some really great UConn players that have come down the pike since then. I really appreciate you joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin to talk about John Thompson and to talk about Cliff Robinson, a couple of guys that will be sorely missed in the basketball world. Coach Calhoun, thank you so much. 
Thank you, guys. Hey, great luck with the show. Congratulations. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, bye-bye. Jay, one quick thing. You mentioned it earlier. You had cross paths in the NBA with Robinson. If you weren't with us earlier, I just wanted to maybe give you an opportunity to say it one more time because I think uh, it, it clearly seemed like he affected you. Yeah, I had a short stint with him uh, with the Nets and, and Cliffy. You know, Richard Jefferson was always the, uh, the, the team jokester. As you can imagine, he still is today on the ESPN team, and that was a team led by Jason Kidd and Vince Carter. But, you know, Cliff, obviously my, my short stint with the Nets was pretty challenging. I had this AFO on my foot, which, you know, forced me to keep my foot dorsiflexed because I couldn't really walk. It's the same thing that Alex Smith wears oh, yeah. okay. when I'm moving around, you know, right now for the Washington football team. And, uh, you know, obviously he was going through a lot of things psychologically around him, but I wasn't the player I was before, and Cliff was always there. Always there with some kind of upbeat attitude, was always positive, was always joking with me, was always keeping me on my toes. Uh, even to uh, the last tweet that I, I told you guys at the beginning of the show really led me to feel some kind of way because we had always missed each other for the last you know year or so. Um, his last tweet was joking with me about my turtleneck, wearing it in the summer um, you know, because the studios are so cold here in Bristol and it it just reminds me of something that I said before that it's important that as much as we get busy in our everyday lives to make sure that we keep that relationship spark with those people that we feel like we missed or, hey, I can get back to them when I get a time or sure. I get a second. And uh, that was my opportunity with Cliff, and I didn't get a chance to do that. And and now he's gone. So, um, you know, rest in power, Cliff. Rest in power. Yes. Age 53, died of lymphoma. The tweet Jay is referencing, at Uncle Cliffy 30 that was his Twitter feed. Jay Williams is wearing a turtleneck. This is uh, August 10th at 7.57. <laughs> Jay Williams is wearing a turtleneck in the summer, two exclamation points. Am I missing something? Hashtag NBA bubble, hashtag NBA, hashtag wrong. I think we're just going to miss him. I think it's probably yeah. the best way to put it. Still to come. Coming from the guys wearing a sweater all summer. <laughs> <laughs> touche <laughs> touche still to come we'll talk a little bit more about the leonard fournette trade and doug marone had some very interesting comments some very interesting comments about trying to ship him out but being unable to do so that is next here on espn radio and the app Keyshawn, j will and subin the podcast have you ridden an electric e-bike yet You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. You guys can't see it right now, but Kia's just grooving out, eyes closed and everything. We got to let it breathe here, right? The oh, man, this is it. Keep looking like that old black dude man. in the club with the, with the Bluetooth on. <laughs> Bluetooth. That's okay. Yeah, they got the Bluetooth, the little light blue. It's blinking. When you lose, he's blinking. When you, like, why you got the Bluetooth on? You know he ain't phone with nobody. When you, in, when you lose this bet, when you lose this Clipper math bet, I'm going to make you wear something. What you going to make me wear? What, I'm going to make you wear my jersey. Oh, uh, come on, man. I'm going to make you wear one of my jerseys. I hate number 19. And then, <laughs> no, it ain't going to be a number 19. It's 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 the, the all-century team jersey that I have Ooh. from the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm going to make you wear that on national TV. Hmm. And with something else, too. Okay, we'll wait to see. That's a Clippers-Mavericks bet. And obviously, Key is banking on the Clips. On the Mavericks. Done. No, you and, guys are banking on the Mavericks, not the quick, Clips. And, and real quick, I want to say this yeah. before we move on. Yeah. Those people out there, because me and Jay was talking during the break, those people out there that think that we are trying to pit the black community against LeBron James, they're foolish. Stop. And they're not listening to our show. They're hearing what they want to hear. So clean your ears and listen to what we said and not try to make things out to be what you want it to be versus what we said. Gotcha. A little bit earlier, we were discussing the impact of what would happen if LeBron vis-a-vis anybody else would say I'm leaving the bubble and the impact that that would have with fans really of all stripes real quick Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Straight Talk Wireless has the full court cell phone coverage you need just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan 25 gigs of high speed data then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers only at Walmart savings may vary see terms and conditions at straighttalk.com one of my favorite stats of all time in the NBA our man Vince Carter played in four different decades just think about that for a second he played four mm. different decades in the still NBA. doing 360s still doing 360s of raptors legend and obviously the big story right now as jay sort of alluded to possibility of boycotting game one of their eastern conference semifinal series with the boston celtics they're meeting about it fred van vliet has been pretty clear that it is on the table jay will's been texting with kyle lowry that anything and everything is possible for the decision. So Vince Carter was asked on Get Up on ESPN just a short time ago, and his response on a boycott was simply this. Regular season's one thing, ain't nobody paying attention. But if you boycott now, now your message can get across. What better time than the second round of the playoffs than to do something like this? Statement will be made, and all eyes will be on both of these teams. I would like to see them... These got both teams get together and sit on a panel or forum and have dialogue and, and just discuss and get everything, all of their feelings out on the table uh, and, and to, to move forward and, and what these guys are thinking. Because like I said, there's been a lot of guys prior to the bubble who were protesting and out in their community speaking. And now with the bubble, you don't have that freedom to move about and, and, and be a part of the rallies and everything that's going on outside of the bubble. So uh, I think if these teams do not play, Having them come together, sitting together and, and, and kind of discussing the issues and what's on their hearts and what's on their minds, I think is very important because all eyes will be watching. And of course, we'll be talking about it. So uh, what better time? OK, Jay, what's interesting here, he's the first person I've heard invoke 
the Celtics into this. This is, mm-hmm. was a Raptors issue. The Celtics go 1-0 if it was a boycott, whatever that would mean. He said guys from both teams should get together. Look, if the Raptors decide to do that, I guarantee you no players on the Celtics would be like, okay, we accept your forfeit. <laughs> they won't do that. Okay. I think the Raptors doing this, and Key talked about this, the trickle-down effect. If the Raptors do this, then the Celtics will do this. Then you have conversations about LeBron and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. It just naturally goes to that place. Mm-hmm. It's the first bowling pin to fall. Because you also get, not necessarily pressure, but you also get those that are not in the bubble, yeah. that are NBA guys, jump on board. And so it just... It just becomes a trickle-down effect. That, that's really what it – because now you're putting pressure on the owner. Now you're going to put pressures on the owners. You've got the Milwaukee. There's pressure on the owners in Milwaukee. Then it just becomes a second layer from the first layer that was out there. Yes, they've done some things, and there's a Black Lives Matter on the court and the jerseys and the names. But this is taking it to the next step. And like VC said right there, the regular season is one thing. The postseason, the second round, that's a whole nother ball game. And like Jay Will talked about earlier, the amount of money. Remember, it, it always money. comes it, back. It comes back to the money. Answer question: back. The NFL is more of a conservative league. Do I would you, speak to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying in general with the way the way they aesthetically operate. they are, yeah. the way they operate, right? Optically, if the NBA were to do this, do you ever think the NFL will get to a place? That they would be able well, to there's do a this? lot of different logistics in terms of collective bargaining agreement that they just signed in the springtime. It Ten would years. trigger something there, and now they got to go back and deal with that. So I don't, I don't really know. I don't necessarily need the NFL to shut down, but if if the players in the NBA that are superstars are shutting it down, I would think that a number of NFL superstars, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Williams, the Michael Thomases of the Saints, the 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 Drew Breeses, the Aaron Rodgers they would start to look at it and say to themselves, okay, we may want to go in this direction too. The J.J. Watts of the world. You know, are we going to go in this direction? I think it's going to be really interesting. Look, as a basketball purist, that is the best series. Mm -hmm. Boston versus Toronto. It's an incredible series. Because as we've seen before in the past, the NFL owners will find scabs to play. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I said. They operate differently. They'll go get... 50-something dudes off the streets and put them in uniforms and go play football because there's a lot of unemployed football players, and they know that. If you want to watch basketball as early as 4 o'clock today with the Orlando Magic and the Bucks, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets at 6.30, Lakers, Keys Lakers can close out the Blazers at 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by Troy Vincent, the executive director of the NFL front office wise with the league in New York. He's got Same plenty to talk Duke. about. We'll see you Missed tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern. J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides.
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.